Welcome, one and all, to episode 310 of the Signals from Mars live stream. I'm your host, Victor, and for this episode, we are joined by my patrons, Johan, Metal Dan, and Dr. Poison for this episode of Signals from Mars Hour 1. This is a music discussion, and I'll let you know all about what we're going to be talking about right after this. I'm ready. Let's do it! All right, so during this episode, I am joined once again by Dr. Poison Brad Dahl of YargMetal.com, Johan up in Sweden, and Metal Dan. They're all patrons, as I mentioned before. Uh, you can join us for our weekly music discussions for as little as $2 a month. Um, I know that some people don't want to pay $2 for podcasts or anything like that, but uh, I do have to pay for streaming platforms and all the other cool stuff that I need to use to make sure that I could put a show on week after week for you guys. And $2, believe it or not, goes a long way to ensure that I can, quote unquote, keep the lights on with the show. So uh, what we're discussing this time around is um, some recent Motley Crue rumors regarding uh, Vince Neil being changed, being swapped out for someone else. Judas Priest's recent Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. A spare of the moment discussion comes up regarding George Lynch versus Vivian Campbell. Uh, we compare Dawkins' Tooth and Nail to Dio's Holy Diver. Pantera playing Sweden Rock. Download Festival announces its headliners for 2023. And some recent deaths in hard rock and metal. Again, if you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com forward slash signals from Mars. If not, you can go to signalsfrommars.com and you can find you can find links to Patreon there. You can also find links to all the various social media sites and um, live streaming platforms. And podcasting platforms where you can follow the show. I know that everyone has their preference, so just go there and basically pick your poison. There's plenty of different things to choose from, and there's got to be something there that fits what what you need. So, um, yeah, so it's always fun to talk to my patrons, and just so you know, we do these not only these types of shows, but we do have band discussions and year discussions in a few episodes. You're going to have a new wave, a new wave of British heavy metal episode, which we just recorded this past week. Give you a feel for, for what we do here. It is a troll free environment within Patreon. I post plenty of videos there. You can check out new music from bands. You love bands. You may have never heard of. Bands may have only heard of the name, but can't associate them to any music. And there's a lot of different things going on there. There's also um, polls, 
questions, an album of the week video unboxing. And like I said, it's all a troll free environment. If you want to find out more, once again, patreon.com forward slash signals from Mars. And listen, if I don't, if I don't promote my own shit, nobody else will. So hopefully hearing this kind of discussion amongst friends is something that you guys enjoy and maybe something that you're interested in joining and uh, checking out. So there you go. Uh, I want to thank you for listening to the episode and hope you enjoy what you hear. Hope you enjoyed enough that you're able to join us. It convinces you to join us. And hey, if you join for a month and don't like it, just bail. It's that simple. So anyway, I want to thank you guys for listening. And here we go with the episode. Welcome one and all to the November 11th. 2022 edition of the Signals from Mars live stream. I'm your host, Victor. Um, we are here on what some people consider National Metal Day. I know that a few uh, a different bands tweeted that, but also historically, today is known as a day to uh, celebrate um, the military, if I'm not mistaken. This is when in the UK, people wear the red poppies in Canada stuff like that to celebrate, you know, um, pardon my anger. It's, it, it coincides with world war one, but, uh, anyway, so we are joined by once again, a bunch of patrons from around the world. We have Brad doll in Utah. We have metal Dan in California and we have Johan in Sweden. How's everyone tonight? Good. Cool. Perfect. We're, we're really chatting. Yeah. Very <laughs> well, just everyone's making sure not to step over one another. So that's that's a good thing. So um, just a few topics that I've jotted down here of note that I wanted to talk to uh, you guys about. Um, unfortunately, earlier this week, we started things out with uh, Dan McCafferty from Nazareth passing away. Uh, we were trying to do Trivia Tuesday. And uh, Dan wasn't feeling it because he really felt that loss. Dan, tell us about Dan (laughs) from Nazareth. I started, yeah, I started crying. Uh, Maybe it was talking to somebody else that kicked it off for me. I only found out, what, 90 minutes before that or so? Mm -hmm. And it just hit me all of a sudden. It's like, I I can't do this right now. Uh, I I mean, I'm not a, a deep Nazareth fan, but I appreciated him after. I never got to see them. I blew it. Um, I'm a little bit in that age where they were before me and then they were coming around. I, I just, I wasn't there at the right time. So, you know, some bands you miss out on, but I sure do appreciate him more now. And it just hit me hard. And and I know they, I went back to their material after the fact, mm-hmm. you know, after hair of the dog and you know, that wasn't the only song they did and to realize their catalog, how deep it is. And so I found them late. And then, I mean, I knew that you're getting this age and it's, it's you know, it's going to happen. And it just, it just hit me hard and it's just sad. Yeah. Um, Johan, Nazareth, were they ever big in, in Sweden? 
Yes, I guess they were, but uh, uh, not for me. I, I have no uh, real connection with Nazareth, except, of course, the big songs. But uh, mm -hmm. sorry to say, no, no. Uh, I've seen them at Sweden Rock, but uh, okay, uh, yeah, but yeah, sad to see him pass, but that's all. I, I sorry to say, I have no connection with them. Okay, uh, Brad, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of. There's a story somewhere about seeing Nazareth in some uh, back alley venue in. In in Orange County or, or or something like that. Yeah, it was at a Carl's Jr. Actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. No, I, I I'm I'm slightly embarrassed to say that the uh, like the rest of our crew here, they kind of evaded me. I mean, I knew of them. Um, I never owned an album, and I've never saw them. They were never on any bill that I went to. So I. I yeah, they, they've totally, totally missed me. And I'm sure there's some really good stuff out there. I, I, I saw, was it last year or whatever? They put out a box set with like everything they'd ever done, which was a lot of stuff. And it was for a really good price too. And I, I was very, I was very tempted to look into that. And I was like, I can't even listen to all the albums that I'm buying now. Uh, <laughs> put that on top of it. It's like, when, when will I listen to that and where? Right. So. So I don't know. I, I do like the, I, I realize Dan hasn't been in the band for a while. Um, but I do like the, the song that they released off the new album that you uh, put on your Patreon. So, right. so yeah, we get to hear cool things like that on Patreon. I do like that song a lot and I meant to buy that album, but I, I haven't bought it yet. Has anybody listened to that album? Uh, I've only listened to the stuff that I posted on Patreon and they're, current singer carl sentence yeah carl sentence also, yeah he also released a solo album uh oh. i don't remember if it was right before the nazareth album or it was like bef before yeah i've got i actually did buy that and there's some really good stuff on there yeah. it's a it's a good it's a good solid rock album yeah uh quick hello to uh mr chris sinzak hey, chris. Uh, in the chat from uh decibel geek you know, Chris, you are a patron now, so you can join us if you'd like. I, I can share the link with you if you want to talk about some uh, current news here. Yeah, I remember Decibel Geek covered Changing Times back in the day when I was listening more often to them. And uh, I was like, yeah, that's a good one. I'm glad they played that. So I know that Chris and the guys, they were very aware of Nazareth. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And that box set does look amazing. I didn't get it either. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, either, either way, you know, um, I always talk about, we, we do a, what are you listening to, uh, post every week. At least I try to do it so long as I don't forget. And, uh, this week, coincidentally, the Guns N' Roses version of Hair of a Dog came on my playlist. And, um, okay. <laughs> Chris is, has been sick all week, so that's cool. Uh, anyway, hope you hope you feel better. How about that? Yes. Re rest in fluids. There you go. Dr. Poison knows, uh, knows, knows well. 
But yes. uh, anyway, so I thought about that. You know, think about Guns N' Roses when they did the Spaghetti Incident. They were one of the biggest bands in the world at that time. And consider the fact that they covered a Nazareth song that, yes, although it was a known song, it wasn't on the radio all the time at that point in the 90s. And I would think that given the fact that Guns N' Roses was doing that song live and they recorded it, that kind of breathed new life into that band on, um, on terrestrial radio in the U.S. anyway. So for a band that big to acknowledge them, I think that's a big deal. So, um, yeah. And, and I mean, I think we've all heard, again, Hair of the Dog, and we've all heard uh, Love Hurts. Um, so uh, I think one way or another, anyone that's watching or listening to this, they've, uh, you guys have come in contact with Nazareth, wh whether you know it or not. Um, another topic today, actually, Nick Turner, who's known as the main person behind Hawkwind passed away as well. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just a few hours ago, I was recording my Patreon podcast and as I'm reading news and I'm refreshing a screen, I see, um, Nick Turner passes away at 82 and I'm like, oh shit. You know, that was really caught me off guard there. There wasn't much news going on today. So, uh, so it was kind of surprising that that had come up. Uh, but again, someone who's, you know, Hawkwind has been around since the late sixties, whether you knew of them because of who they were. I mean, I wish, uh, Jeremy was here. He's currently at a show. Uh, but to, to think about the fact that Hawkwind for a lot of people are possibly known as the band that Lemmy was originally in before Motorhead. So how many people know of them due to that and going back and checking them out because they got into Motorhead and how many people actually knew of Hawkwind themselves? That's why it would be cool to ask Jeremy about Hawkwind and seeing what an impact this was. Because obviously, sure, they're not held in the same kind of breath as Deep Purple or Led Zeppelin or Sabbath or, or bands like that but they were around at that point in time. So, um, you know, so it'd be neat, neat to find out. Uh, hello to Jose in Connecticut. who's uh, in the chat as well. Uh, okay. So this is something I was trying to find before we went on air and looks like I never finished, but uh, last week we were talking about rumors for, different shows that were uh, or different festivals for next year. And things have started to leak out already. One of them being download 2023. And well, uh, Jeremy talked about some rumors and looks like he nailed some of them. Because he did mention Metallica, he did mention Slipknot, he did mention, uh, I don't remember if he mentioned Ghost or not. But anyway, he did say that the rumor was that the festival would be expanding to four days. 
and that has been confirmed. There's a Fortnite special edition, June 8th through 11th. Metallica will headline two nights. Metallica wow. will, will play two completely different sets. And what I think will probably happen, or what could happen, when they did their Orion Festival, they did uh, one of their albums in its entirety. The first year, I believe, they did the first album. The second year, they did Ride the Lightning. And then the second day of the festival, they would play a, a Greatest Hits selection, and they wouldn't repeat any of the songs from the first night. So that's what they're saying here. Thursday and Saturday, two unique sets, no songs repeated. So, uh, Johan, since you're the one that's probably most down on Metallica lately, <laughs> I just wanted to ask you what what you think of this. Would Would you be willing to see Metallica two nights and them playing two completely different set lists? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, what uh, dates did you say, Victor? June 8th and June, uh, let's see, so that's uh, 8, June 8 and June 10. They'll be ah, at that. That's bad. Uh, I really wanted to see them at Sweden Rock. Uh, so um, that's uh, the same dates. Uh, of course, Metallica is always Metallica. It's good, um, even though it's old Metallica now. But hey, good. Um, I mean, they are the most popular metal band in the now. Mm -hmm. I would say so. Yeah, I would love to see them play different songs, even though I have seen them. I don't know. As I said before, perhaps 15 times, but that would be fun, of course. Yeah. Okay. Metal Dan, your opinion. Would you see Metallica two nights doing two completely different set lists? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the, the reason they can pull this off, I feel, is because before each show, they're not sitting around wasting time and drinking and, and playing and farting around. They jam songs. They they warm up. And if you watch those YouTube videos, you know, you see what they do. And they can spend a, a lengthy amount of time going over stuff and Lars and whatever, getting frustrated. But they jam through songs. They jam through sections. They, they perfect stuff. They warm up. So they're able to do this because, you know, they go, well, let's, what about, you know, this song? And they'll start and they'll figure out where they don't remember. They'll work through it. So. You know, the, the next level, the cheap trick. Uh, absolutely. Do good for them. <laughs> Chris Sinzak says, Metallica, we're playing two set lists with no repeating songs. Kiss responds with amateurs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they don't have to have the stage lights sync to everything with the props in the background like Maiden does. They're able to just pull it off. So they must have a guy in the soundboard or the light board that can flick the buttons or whatever, the old school. And just let it be, you know, don't have to. And they're not playing the backing tracks or if they are, they sync it up with the band with the, with the drums and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, good on them. Yeah, I don't think they play the backing tracks, because if you listen to any of the live stuff that they release, there's a lot of mistakes in there and, and they don't care. Um, and it's 10 bucks. 
So, uh, you know, if they were ever worried about messing up, <laughs> I don't think now would be it. And they've, they've had, you know, people have been complaining about Lars playing for years, but, uh, Antoni is those people. They're, they're pissed off at that Napster thing. They're just idiots. <laughs> Antoni is in the chat as well saying Metallica streaming now the Johnny and Marsha's Azula tribute show. We're going to get to that set list in a second, but Brad would yeah. uh, seeing Metallica two nights, two completely different set lists. Would that, uh, would that excite you? I'd like it to excite me. I, I, I really would. I I'm, as you probably know, I'm not the biggest Metallica guy, but I'm, I'm kind of learning now. I've seen them. I've seen them twice. Wait, let me think about this. Oh, I've seen them three times. Uh, once, once when um, James was just a lead singer, I mm-hmm. saw them at the, the whiskey warming up for Saxon before they were signed. Dave Mustaine was in the band. Um, and then I saw them warm up for, Ozzy. Okay. And yeah, I think that was the first concert I took Shelly to. So darn, I wish she was here to give a, <laughs> give a quick review. We need to make that a regular part of the show, which I'll talk about later. Uh, she's, she's got some hot takes on uh, some songs we heard this week. Um, anyway. Um, and then I saw them at the monsters of rock, which, uh, that, which that was actually really good. They were the mm-hmm. second band to come on. And I haven't, I haven't seen them since. And uh, so, okay. yeah, it's been it's been a long time. I, I all I can say is I really admire what they're doing. I, I think uh, other bands should take a note from that and say, hey, you know, if, if you're if you're a big band or even if you're not a big band, you should do this kind of stuff. You know, it's like Blue Oyster Cult did earlier uh, well last month where they played the three for they did three nights and played. Uh, first album on the first night, second album on the second night, third album on the third night, and then came back and did a set of one hour of songs that were not repeated on the other nights of, mm-hmm. uh, oh, from other, other albums. And I don't know how that went. I really wanted to go, but I mean, that that's the kind of stuff more bands should do. Right. It's, it's like give back to your fans that have supported you all these years. And uh, yeah, we can talk about kiss. I mean, can you imagine if Kiss did something like that? I I have no idea why they don't do that on the cruise. You're getting people to play to pay thousands of dollars to see you. Yep. And I mean, they're only busting out like one or two rare song on the cruise. I wouldn't yeah. go for that. You know, it, it. I would want the entire set list to be something obscure. And and to be honest, I don't care if they're in makeup. I don't care if, you know, we're getting all the, you know, pyrotechnics or whatnot. I'd prefer it to be an intimate show with yeah. them just pulling, you know, 15 songs they haven't played in the longest time. Because uh, last year they didn't even pull anything obscure out. It was all the same old, same old. And it was like, wait a second. I could have paid. 10 bucks to sit in the field to see you play these songs, but I paid $8,000 and I'm getting nothing out of the ordinary. That would have annoyed me. Metallica to me, when they did their 30th anniversary, um, we we've been, um, I forget who brought this up. May have been Chris on decibel geek page or his own personal page, but he posted John Bush fronting Metallica at the 30th anniversary 
shows where they played four nights over I th- it was either five or six days and they only repeated the song Seek and Destroy every night. Everything else was different. They had John Bush, they had Dave Mustaine, they had Ozzy, Danzig. Mustaine. Um, um, it's Mustaine. Mustaine, that's, okay. That's how the decibel geeks say it. Okay. Yeah, you know, that thing, that pissed me off. The 30th, that was for Met Club members, and right. I'm a Met Club member, and I got denied. Uh, oh, I still really? wanted to go, so I'll, now they're going to do their 40th coming up, and I'm a fifth club member, so we'll see what happens if I get invited to that. And it was cheap, too. Yeah, yeah, well, it wasn't affordable that much. Mustaine. Um, Mustaine, okay. Uh, so, so anyway, I th- uh, that's the thing. If they can do it, there's no reason why Kiss can't do it. There's no reason why Ozzy can't do it. I mean, let's be honest. Ozzy mm-hmm. hasn't switched his set list up since Diary of a Madman. I mean, there's like four or five songs that he's brought in here and there, but he's playing the majority of Lizard, the same four Sabbath songs, and and that's it. I mean, yeah, there there might be a reason why Ozzy doesn't do that, though. I mean, he's you're lucky to get what you get with Ozzy. But I mean, at at the I'm not saying now, but okay, ten twenty years ago. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. telling me that he couldn't have done. I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm not saying hole in the sky where he's got to you know be all the way up there in the registry, but you know there's there's other stuff. Or even if he does do hole in the sky, I mean I don't think anyone would have a problem with him singing it lower. You know, just to have him the the diehards would I think would go ape shit over that. Yeah, even even when they toured that album, he he couldn't hit those notes. Right. <laughs> yeah, you listen to a live version of that from that tour. It's pretty it's pretty brilliant. And I know one when he was trying to hit and uh, at the end of the chorus, and he really missed the note bad, and he just said, "Oh fuck me." <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, mom. But I I, I just uh, nineteen ninety seven were the first and not the only time, but that, that was the first time I saw Black Sabbath and they played, I mean, Ferris Wear Boots, Snowblind, Into the Void, Spiral, Architect, Lord of This World, Sweet Leaf, Electric Funeral, etc. So in, oh, well, 97 is, <laughs> is a couple of years ago, but that was a good concert. Yeah. But the the thing is, I think out of Dirty Woman's another one that they played, but uh, they've never really varied from that set list. They've shortened it, but it's more or less what you saw at the reunion show, or if you have the reunion album, it's pretty much all those same songs as what they've played since. Yeah, uh, they they dragged out a, a couple of uh, oddball ones. I mean, uh, Hannah Doom was on the last the the last tour, and they hadn't been playing that at all. Uh, like uh, Johan mentioned, the Electric Funeral, they haven't played that in forever, right? So, so they they did throw a few songs in. Okay, there. all right, all right, all right. Me talking out of my ass again. All right, no problem. But uh, as a as a little, uh, you know. Uh, they played the Hallsfred Fest, a festival in Sweden. Uh, uh, Black Sabbath was there, and they played uh, those songs that I mentioned. Uh, 
that was the only time that the Earth moved three centimeters <laughs> in the city outside the festival when Black Sabbath played. That's something. You know, you the ground was moving. Awesome. The, the power of music. Yeah. That is so, awesome. Let's see here real quick. Uh, Chris Sinzak, a quick plug for myself. We just released Best and Worst of Motley Crue post-1990. My ears still haven't recovered. I'm assuming that Brandon and Rocket Ship are somewhere on that list. Um, as far as Metallica is concerned, so they just did the show, which uh, Antoni just referred to, the tribute show to Johnny Z, Johnny and Marsha Z. And so get a hold of this set list and let me know what you guys think. They started out with Creeping Death, uh, Ride the Lightning, Motor Breath, No Remorse, Trapped Under Ice, Call of Cthulhu, Phantom Lord, Am I Evil, Metal Militia, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Whiplash, Fade to Black, Seek and Destroy, and the encore was Fight Fire with Fire, Blitzkrieg, and Hit the Lights. And it says the first time they've ever closed the show with Hit the Lights. So um, obviously, uh, Johnny Z and, and Marsha Z had a big deal, or they had a lot to do with uh, Metallica becoming the band that they were. They discovered them. They poured all, the, all their money into them. And uh, so the set list is made up of songs just from the first two albums as a result, uh, because it's the time that they were with the two of them. So this was done as a tribute to them. And um, uh, Johan, what do you think of this set list? Is that a fitting <laughs> tribute, do you think, to them? Yeah. Good. I can't say much more. It's great set list, of course. Uh, yeah. What can I say? It's good songs. Every song is great. Trapped on the Rice. Did you say Trapped on the Rice? Oh, yeah. They played yeah. five songs in was Trapped on the Rice. Mm, that's great. That's the song I've never heard live with Metallica. That would be nice. But, uh, yeah, great songs. Yeah. yeah. They, um, Bang my head against the stage like I've never done before. I, that's a good set list. And uh, Phantom Lord. And Meta Militia, I think I've heard Meta Militia once. I've seen Metallica a bunch of times. Um, so that's a great, I would have a good time with that. And uh, I think Whiplash is my favorite song of all time. Oh, wow. Which is hard to a category to put in, but that's mine. Okay. Uh, Brad, I mean, the, some of these songs you would have heard live um, with uh, Dave Mustaine. Yeah, in fact, probably all three uh, shows that I've seen them play, they, they were playing those some of those songs. But again, I I think other bands need to take notice of what Metallica is doing, and and it's like give it give it back to the fans. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they're having fun. I, I would like to think they're having fun playing these songs that they haven't well, played forever. And here's the other thing: they had Raven open up for them because oh, that's who cool that. they opened up for on uh, on the first tour. And James and Lars came out and introed Raven before their set. So, I mean, for all the shit that they get, I think that they always do these kind of things well. Um, I, I think similar to what Dan said before, a lot of this is 
just perception uh, with people looking over their shoulder as to what they're supposed to comment on the band as opposed to actually forming, you know, an, an honest opinion. But um, yeah, Antonio is saying that uh, he thinks that there's a, also a therapy aspect to the show. I believe there is as well. So their three daughters, I think, uh, came up on stage, if I'm not mistaken, as well. But uh, yeah, so uh, as you guys see some of what I have set up behind me over the last few days, one of the things that was in the blank spot over here, uh, and I turn this way, was a Metallica poster, which uh, I moved it. It was framed. I moved it from another part of my house to hear, went out for a walk, came back to find the frame shattered on the floor. And luckily, the poster survived. So this is the poster. Uh, it was for an anniversary show, the Black, Lit, the Black Album, where they played the Black Album in its entirety. It was uh, May 21st, 2012 in Madrid, Spain. And this is 56 of 200. So uh, I framed this because I felt that I didn't want to just throw it up on a wall. So I'm thrilled that it survived <laughs> uh, the, the fall. I'm seeing that there's actually a, a piece of glass encrusted here. Yeah, but, uh, you're... You're you're very lucky to have that. It's a nice piece of memorabilia. You know they they release a lot of posters now. The band does, but they're gone. I I can't ever get my hands on one. They make them such limited quantities, or I haven't figured out you know how to get up my hands on them, and it's frustrating. If I could speak to Lars, I'd say, "What's up with that? Why can't I have a poster?" You know. <laughs> well, they 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 do this just to spite Metal Dan. That's that. That's their. That's their one goal I mean, in life. One of the things that they haven't done to to now is spite metal Dan. So it's it's on the top of Lars's list. I'll talk to him. I don't have a Metallica poster. Well, I have a memorabilia posted, but uh, right. yeah, it's they make them for like every show now. So that's cool. Do you have? Yeah, yeah, Go yeah. ahead, Brad. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's we're we're gonna make sure that we're gonna. We're going to mess with Metal Dan somehow. Yeah, that's that's my Lars. Um, that's not good. No, no we're going to. Yeah. <laughs> Next to that. So I've had this poster since 1992. Um, it was in a tube put away for, for years before I moved here. And there's still there's marks on here from when I took it out of the tube for the first time and it fell on my driveway in New Jersey, but uh, it's an autographed poster. It's a concert poster from the whiskey back in uh, November 15th of 92. I think the band is 11. And if anyone knows anything about 11, the singer was uh, Elaine Johannes. Who's who's possibly best known for being in Queens of the stone age. His uh, late wife, Natasha, and the drummer was Jack Irons, who signed it here. Jack Irons was the original drummer in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Went on to play with uh, Eleven and then Pearl Jam. So uh, this will end up on the wall shortly as well. 
That's cool stuff, man. That's a great trivia question as well. Which, which one of those? Cause you guys seem to, uh, Steve ran away with trivia this past Tuesday and, and people were, were asking if he had the uh, questions beforehand. <laughs> no, he, he's never run the table before. No, he did it. this that was, time. That was impressive. I, I, I'm still Steve. If you're out there, man, I'm, I bow before you. That was uh, unbelievable performance. So we'll, we'll find out this Tuesday. Yes, we will. Or will we? I may switch it up. We may do true or false this week. We'll see. Because there's oh, an wow. option for that. Uh, Antonio is also chiming in saying, I have one poster from a meet and greet in Barcelona. Hmm. Cool. Is that a Metallica go. poster? Uh, yeah. That's okay. okay, so next question here. A Sweden rock question. Ooh. So it's been confirmed this week that Pantera will be playing Sweden rock. Uh, Johan, is that a good thing or a bad thing for you? Oh, it's a good thing. Uh, that was uh, perhaps uh, one of the least... Uh, I mean, least, but it's uh, of course they were playing Sweden Rock. If you do, if you have two original original members, uh, and uh, then you play Sweden Rock, that's mm-hmm. that's the way it is. <laughs> it's like that's- it's like M three, I guess. <laughs> that's the prerequisite: two original members, and you're in. Yeah. M3, you don't have to have any original members. <laughs> yeah, but that, hey, it's fun. Uh, it's I mean, fun. You're right. That's that's the yeah. most important thing. Yeah. No, that, that's cool, man. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, I've seen Pantera uh, two times in 1989 and... 91, perhaps. So it's going to be fun to see them again. And I saw Phil Anselmo in his solo band uh, a couple of years ago. That wasn't so much fun. So, uh, <laughs> ah, terrible. <laughs> but uh, this one is going to be fun. I think, I mean, is it Zach Wilde and Charlie Benante? Yes. Yeah. So what could go wrong? So it's fun night i don't care yeah let's see the the bass could suck but nobody plays pays any attention to the bass anyway so no No, but (laughs) this is kind of like the uh motley crew thing where you know we we talked about this last week mick mars isn't the problem in motley crew with pantera the the problem isn't going to be the two guys that they're bringing in it's it's phil whether phil's voice is Pardon the pun, far beyond driven. If if it's uh, you know just complete shit, or uh, or you know maybe he's resting. He's been resting the voice. Maybe he's taking lessons. I don't know. Maybe they're reworking stuff so he sounds decent. I don't know. But uh, I know that a lot of people were freaking out, saying, um, "Oh, you know, uh, Zach is saying that he hasn't learned the parts yet." I don't think Zach Wilde is going to be the problem. You know, he's <laughs> no. he'll he'll he's not gonna play exactly like Dime, 
because nobody is, you know. But Zach's got his own style and his own way of doing things. I don't think he's I don't think people are going to be unhappy with Zach's playing. Dan, do you think Zach Wilde is going to be the problem of of this band? No, he's totally competent player. He can uh, pull it off. He'll, as he said, it's going to be a little bit of his own, but he's going to cherish the moment. He's going to dig in and he's going to learn it. He'll know the material. That's not going to be the problem. Um, I wouldn't seek the show out. I would attend if I was already there. That's my view at this time. That may change over time. Um, I feel I think is fine for the voice. I don't know about his head and his attitude. Um, <laughs> He might be in a very memorable uh, memory mode of, you know, the guys and cherish now what he's got. So hopefully he appreciates that this moment's happened for him and um, takes it that way. Okay. Um, Brad, you were, you were mentioning the, the bass in this Rex. Um, Spector basses. Spectre yeah. bass. That's right. I've talked. You know, I, I think he's actually playing something different now. Uh-huh. I, I, yeah, yeah. He. I think he just did a. Um, uh, did his own bass for another bass company. I'll okay. have to. I'll have to dig out my last uh, bass player, which was the actual last bass player. Which is interesting. They 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 stopped publication, so just because nobody buys magazines anymore. Um. So I don't know. I I can't really say anything about Rex. I other than his solo album has a lot to be desired, but um, <laughs> I I bought it like because I I heard him talk about it and he made it sound awesome, which is what you're supposed to do in an interview, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. My album's awesome, and it wasn't. It, it was just like, eh, eh, <laughs> well, there's. Eh. There's an old Spanish saying which is "Keep talking bad about your horse, and you'll see how you sell it." So, uh, that's a great saying. But that's that's a similar similar deal. He's not going to come out and say, "Yeah, my album's dog shit. Avoid it." You know. So, Dan, go with, ahead. With Rex, I saw him with Kill Devil Hill when they opened for Alice Cooper. So they were the opening band, and I was on his side of the stage, and I was very close, third row or something. At the end of the show, he threw his bass down and left like he was angry. And I always wanted to ask him, what were you so mad about? Other than we thought you kind of sucked as a band and you, you sounded oh. awful and oh. I, we didn't appreciate you being there. But what were you mad about? It's your show. So what were you so mad about? So what was up with that? Yeah, Vinny, Vinny's come out and said that he was no longer interested in the band because they weren't professional. Because he'd show up, he'd want to jam, he'd want to do different shit, and they'd just roll in last second and or roll in late. And he said it would drive him nuts. So, and if there's anyone who's a professional player, you know, uh, Vinny Apice played with Black Sabbath, played with Dio, played with, you know, he's he's had the option to play with a lot of big name people, played with John Lennon, for God's sakes. So... Plus his brother invented everything. But uh, outside of that, um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Well, here's here's another thing with the Vinny related, which I wanted to bring up. Uh, The new EP by Last in Line came out today. Man, does that band miss Jimmy Bain? 
that first album with Jimmy Bain was mm-hmm. excellent. Jimmy yep. Bain helped write so many great songs for Dio, for Rainbow, and as much as Phil Susan uh, wants to think that he's a big player because he sh- he wrote Shot in the Dark. I think I'd take Stargazer or, uh, you know, Last in Line or Holy Diver or any of these songs that Jimmy helped write over that one song. Um, they're, miss- they're missing his lyrics. They're missing his feel. There's just something there that Jimmy had that it factor. Um, uh, d- have you guys listened to any of the the last in line stuff they released that ep today with the beatles song and one other new song did you guys get a chance to listen to that second or even the first last in line album i'll go first um okay. i love i love the first album love mm-hmm. it the second album is just like the it, you you feel like they're just songs that didn't make it for the first album right 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 and right I, and you're right. It's probably Jimmy Baines uh, had a huge influence on that. And uh, I don't think a lot of people realized his influence on the other bands he was in as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm hoping that this third album that uh, from what Vivian says is already recorded and mastered and uh, they got the artwork and everything. It's not going to come out till next year. And the one I, I haven't heard the one song, the title of it sounds pretty goofy, but <laughs> the the one song that made the EP you, you've heard it so what do you th- what do you think of it? Oh uh, well, here here we go. Jeremy is chiming in on his walk home. New EP disappointing. Early last in line good as Brad says. Oh, thanks, Jeremy. The new song is just okay. Yeah, and that song is on the the new album. So it's kind of weird that they. I mean, there was what two live tracks on there. Two and then the Beatles, the Beatles, Beatles cover, and, and then, then one Beatles. song that's going to be on the new album. So they picked a song that isn't very good off the new album and put it on the EP. That doesn't make any sense. Unless the, the rest of the album is worse than that song. <sighs> I mean, come on, Vivian Campbell. He, I mean, he, he was instrumental in those first couple of Dio albums in writing. Uh it couldn't have all been Jimmy Bain. I don't, I don't know. They got to do better. It's a, they, it's a great band. I mean, right. I've only seen them. I've only seen them once and it was just, they were fantastic. I mean, so good. It wasn't at M3 or was it? Yeah, it was at M3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and anybody they- who follows, follows me on Twitter or follows Yard Metal on Twitter, when they played afterward, I said, yeah, the, whoever's playing next is going to have some big shoes to fill. And I think it was George Lynch and okay. he, uh, I don't know if he didn't have a singer or what happened to his singer, but Robert Mason sang for him. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, Robert Mason, uh, he is a great singer and mm. I don't know. I, I understand why he's in warrant, you know? Right. But he, he's wasted in that band. He, he, God, he was so good playing with George Lynch. They did Dawkins songs that sounded like the way a Dawkins song should sound. Mm-hmm. And they and God, they were just so good. And uh, they actually were a little bit better than Last in Line. So I'm like, there you go. I think I think there's something to that when you got a bunch of bands playing together. That the the you know some bands will look at the other band and go, crap, we got to really bring it. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
and they do it. Uh, and then there's other bands that just don't care. So, <laughs> well, I mean, well, since since you uh, open this door, <laughs> who who would you take, Vivian or George, as a player? Oh wow, I got to tell you that I well, I would take George just because I think he's one of. I mean. You know, people talk about underrated. I mean, I, I think everybody thinks George Lynch is a great guitar player. But when you watch him live, it's unbelievable, this, this stuff that he does. He really is. And he's, he, he's one of the few guitar players in this world now that when you hear him play, you know it's him. Because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be, you know, I play music all the time in the car and with some obscure stuff that maybe he's on that's not his music. And Shelly will go, is that George Lynch playing? Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. It is George Lynch. And it's not because, I mean, he just, the dude and he, he plays really well. He's incredible. Um, yeah. So I'll take George Lynch. Although I got to say that when I saw Vivian and last in line, he was unbelievable as well. I mean, he, I think, I don't think he had anything other than Les Paul and the amp. I don't know that he had any effects or anything. And the dude was making that guitar do stuff that was just amazing. Okay. So uh, yeah, he, he, he's, he's also just unbelievably incredible. Okay. So, so there Dan? you go. But I, I, I take George. Okay. Anybody else? Dan, Dan, who would you take? What's the question? George Lynch or Vivian you, Campbell? Who, who would you yeah, take? Who would you take for your, for your band? George Lynch. Oh, that's, that's a, they're both not good people. Historically. What? With the, with the, with the fans. They both. Oh, George, okay. Yeah. I think they're kind of jerks, but I'll take George. <laughs> okay. okay. George the jerk is less of a jerk than Vivian the jerk. There you go. I don't know. Okay. Johan, who would you who do you want to play with? You're you're bre- breaking out the bass now. You're gonna you're gonna have a guitar player. I'll play drums. It won't be that great. Well, Victor will play drums. That's all right. Victor will play drums. I'll play rhythm guitar. Who's gonna be the, the lead guitar player? <laughs> George, George or Vivian? Uh, Vivian, of course. Uh, George seems to be such a, uh, you know, uh, I, 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 Vivian to be uh, uh, a little bit diplomatic. Vivian seems to be more uh, European. So, I oh, think you, oh, he is I European. Think, yeah, yeah, but he, li- he lives in yes, what, New Hampshire yes. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would choose Vivian. Okay, any okay. day, any day. All right, so so let's let's stir some more shit up here. Um, would would you take? Hmm, I'm trying to think. See, this is this is hard. This is along the lines of um, of Decibel Geek. A little while ago, they asked, "Would you take Ozzy Solo or Dio?" So let's let's. Compare the the two. Would you take Dokken or would you take Dio? If you had to, if you had to reach, you're going on a long trip, and you were you only had one album to listen to. Would you take okay? Would you take Tooth and Nail by Dokken or would you take Holy Diver by um by Dio? Metal Dan is shaking his head. What would you take, Dan? No, uh, Dio. I saw them both on the same tour, so Dio was a headliner. Dio wins. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, Bill Elam is checking in the chat. Hello, Bill. 
He's saying I'm with Johan. Vivian over Lynch. Mm-hmm. Johan, you would take Holy Diver over uh, Tooth and Nail by Dokken? Ah, yes. It's not the same, you know, if uh, Holy Diver is, you know, Champions League, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Tooth and Nail would be, I mean, you can't compare. It's it's an honorable mention, Tooth and Nail. So, no. Okay. Yeah. All right. Brad? You know, this is a great question because the last uh, road trip we went on, we listened to uh, the remaster of Holy Diver. And we didn't listen to, to Tooth and Nail, but now I wish we had. Uh, if Shelly's in the car, I'm going to go Tooth and Nail because uh, she likes Dokken better. Uh, okay. But for me, for me, the, I think Holy Diver, right? we, we, did this, we did the best albums of 83, wasn't it? Uh, I, I picked that one as the best album. Um, yeah. I'm going to say, I'm going to stand by that. I, I'm going to say Holy Divers. Yeah. Holy Diver. But I, I, I love Tooth and Nail as well. I, I love that album. Okay. I think, I think Don Dawkin in, uh, in those first, I mean, back in those days, cause I did, I did see him on that tour, by the way, uh, warming up for, uh, where's Steve when we need him uh, warming up for Twisted Sister, actually warming up for Y&T and Twisted Sister. Uh, and back in those days, I think Don was like one of the best rock singers out there. I mean, mm-hmm. live, he was on point. I mean, his, his tone, his delivery, uh, he had great range. I mean, he could really let out some great screams. And I, I think he was just one of the best to listen to. I, I think as a front man, he, he, he wasn't the best, but, but, uh, singing wise. And that, when I saw him in the monsters of rock where I saw Metallica, Right. Uh, they were they were really good then, even though listening to them, they said they thought they were awful on that tour. But uh, their set, their set was really, really good. And Don sounded fantastic. But Dio. Yeah, that first album, that first Dio album is one of the all time greatest albums. So there you go. You know, it's a shame you, you mentioned that about the Monsters of Rock. I would argue with you that they possibly broke up. On their strongest album, start to finish. Back for the attack, although it doesn't get it's the a great album. Love is, yeah, as as the other three albums that came before it, a really good album beginning to end. And out of those three, it's probably the the heaviest out of the three as well. But uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. There's no. I don't think there's any ballads on there. Heaven Sent would probably be the closest thing to a ballad on there. Nah. Yeah, but it's not a real ballad. It's not. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, it's it's a straight up rock album all the way through. I kind of feel like the production made it a little bit samey. Um, but the, the anyway, I, yeah, I, I, you're right. They broke up after their best album. The Rock Candy reissue uh, sounds great, though. How come I don't have that? Do they? Did they know. really do that? Yeah. Go ahead, Johan. Yeah. I- the first time I saw Dokken was uh, they were opening up for ACDC on the Blow Up Your Video Tour. Oh, wow. What, uh, which, uh, which album? What, what album was that? Blow Up Your Video? What year was that? Yeah. That was like 86, I think? 88. 88, okay. No. So I want to think that that's maybe under that's Lock Your Um, 
That's back for the attack, isn't it? 88. Let's see. Uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be back for the attack. Yeah. That came out in 87. Yeah. They were great. Yeah. Still remember a great deal of that show. Uh, yeah. And Dokken were, uh, you know, perhaps in, in, in the USA, they were huge, but in Sweden, they were not big, but you know, half big, and uh, that was a big thing to opening up for ACDC. Yeah, I mean, there was a full crowd in Gothenburg when they started to play, I remember, that uh, they got a huge response to mm-hmm. that show. So, yeah, great memory. Yeah, and Antoni is saying that his first official show, Dokken opening for Accept. Boy, I bet that was a great show. Yeah, um, you have to think though. Unless it was last year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you have to think though that Dokken at the time was was on MTV plenty. Dream Warriors was getting plenty of airplay. Uh, Heaven Sent got played before that. It's not love and um, in my dreams and alone again and into the fire. So all these videos got played on on MTV and they got plenty of airplay uh, late at night on uh, the metal shows. So and I'm sure in California they were getting played quite a bit. And another thing that happened uh, last week, it's going to be a week uh, tomorrow. Judas Priest and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I, I wanted to touch upon this. Obviously, we got to see KK playing with them. And uh, a few observations before I, I go around the, the horn here. One, we didn't see KK and Glenn close to one another. Uh, two, we, and Eddie Trunk actually brought this up as well. Les Binks got in to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Judas Priest, being in the band less time than Richie Faulkner and less time. <laughs> Dan is already uh, shaking it off. So Eddie, Eddie's complaining that he was in the band for less time than Richie Faulkner. And you could argue that his importance was about the same as uh, Ripper Owens is what he's saying. Uh, last thing, a DJ out in California, former DJ Nikki Black was there. And she's saying that after Priest was on stage, that um, Janet Jackson came out to induct uh, Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam. And she said something to the effect of, uh, metal is not music. Metal was never music in our household. And that shouldn't be considered music. Something along those lines. Um, my response to Janet Jackson, the first song I ever heard of hers was, what have you done for me lately? I would say the same thing to uh, Miss Jackson. So uh, anyway, Dan, you were already reacting. So I'm going to go to you first. What, what do you think of the whole Judas Priest Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing? Well, we could go down a thread of why it even exists and why it matters to the rest of the world of one person creating this thing. And there's the old data. Right. So, yeah. 
Uh, that's a stupid argument. So though this is the way they look at it. Eddie's being stupid. Um, they look at it as legacy of who was in history wise. And so that's how they do it. There's no rhyme or reason. You can't argue with what they do because they just make bad decisions. So it, right. that's just the way they do it. Yeah. And um, I saw the, I don't, I didn't see the performance. I haven't, I saw a few of the shots and I did notice Glenn not next to KK. I don't want to read anything into it, but I did see, which I would be smart to do was KK standing next to Rob, which if you want to get yourself in the photo, that's what I do too. So uh, (laughs) it just happened. I I don't, I don't care. Yeah. When they were on stage, both performing and doing their speeches, like afterwards, there was always, uh, he was, he was never, yeah, he was he was next to Rob. He was next to to Richie, which I thought was was pretty cool. Um, and it and either KK's really short or Richie's really fucking tall because he looked like he looked like a giant next to KK. It, it was so funny. Um, but yeah, all right, we won't read into it. But um, let's see, Johan, what what did you think of the whole Judas Priest Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing? Well, I don't know much about it, but I agree most of it. What Dan said, uh, ah, it is what it is. Uh, it's not a huge thing here in Europe, uh, or at least here in Sweden, uh, with uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But uh, yeah, uh, fun to see the pictures. I haven't seen much uh, live footage, uh, so I can't really say. But good to see KK again on stage. Uh, one of my big idols back in the day so uh, yeah, not much to say it's fun to see him but no I, I don't read much into it but we all miss KK and uh, I really miss that I really think that he should replace Glenn uh, on the yeah, coming tours we'll see I mean, yeah. maybe this opens doors up for for the band to reconcile somehow. We'll see. Um, Brad, uh, did you see any of the footage? What are your thoughts? I actually watched it. Yes, I, I watched the performance. I didn't see any of the uh, speeches or anything like that, but I watched the performance. And I got to say, I was blown away at how good it was. I mean, I thought they sounded great. Mm-hmm. I thought Rob sounded really good. The band sounded really good. Uh, I mean, the song selection, well, I mean, it's what you would expect. It's okay. what you expected. Yeah. Living yeah, it's out what you expected. So I, I can't, I'm not going to, yeah. I didn't expect them to throw any, anything off a of stained class in there. Like I, they're not going to play Exciter and let Les really show his chops there. Um, but I, anyway, I thought they sounded really, really good. And it was, it was kind of weird the way that it was staged because Glenn, Glenn did not move at all. He looked very fragile. Yeah. And he um he just stood there and and I think he was playing. Um he and, did the solo for Living After Midnight. Oh he did. Yeah. How did I, how did I miss that? Uh, I yeah. guess the he kind of turned. First... It, it was kind of weird because he kind of turned uh kind of away from the camera, but he was like playing sideways, and I okay. guess the only way he could do it or whatever, but he he did the solo for that song. Yeah, well, it, it's pretty funny, though, that looking at this, you know, the whole stage and seeing that on stage left, 
which is to your right, looking at the stage. Nobody was moving. Yeah. <laughs> stage left. Everybody's moving on stage. Yeah, yeah, stage yeah. right. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's moving. And I thought it was really cool that KK and uh, Richie were getting together and doing the, you know, the patented Judas Priest, you know, yeah. rock back and forth thing at times. And then Rob even got in there with them. And, and yeah. I was like, look, I said, you know, this is just so cool to see these guys playing together. And yeah, I, I thought, I thought it was awesome. And I thought it was great that they, they let everybody play, you know, that yeah. was inducted and, and, you know, there, there, it didn't seem to be a, some kind of weird, you know, vibe or anything. It just seemed like they were up there just having a good time and they brought it. I, I they made, they made me proud as a metal fan. Mm-hmm. Right? Cause you, you know, you finally get a moment in this stupid ass rock and roll hall of fame thing. And you're just glad it didn't suck. Right. Yeah. They, they sounded good. Um, The staging was great too. Yeah. Uh, I guess I, I I think I have HBO, so I, I don't know if it was shown live or or no, I think I'll have a chance to watch, but you know, back in the day I I was looking at to see priest up close in the stage and I'd watch Glenn and, you know, to see the stuff he would do, you know, blowing his nose, drinking a Corona. He liked those Coronas and he'd come back out on stage. And, and it was just cool to see that backstage with him. But the the thing I was going to say is the promo shot that I saw was, was Glenn kind of hunched over a little bit. So mm-hmm. obviously he looks to me uncomfortable. It's not yeah. his normal um, frame of mind, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how much longer he can go. And uh, I haven't seen Rob Halford move that much in 20 years. So that was the first thing I noticed. I'm like, holy shit, the Rob of old is back, at least for one performance. And I saw, um, I guess, footage from the following show after that. And he looked reinvigorated. He looked like he had lost a bunch of years. It looked cool. I was like, wow, this makes me want to go see Priest. So uh, good on them for for them getting in there. Um, yeah, I'm telling you, you know, we saw him this last year and, and then saw him the tour before that, where they had, you know, Saxon and black star riders with them and they were so much better. And Rob was so much better. He was, he, he moved, he moved around a lot at the show. We saw this last time, the one before that, not so much. So, right. He seems to be in pretty, pretty good uh, shape right now. Yeah. So good job. Yeah, I would definitely if they come near you and you haven't seen him in a while, you should go see him because you don't know. Next year here in Europe, Ozzy and Priest, supposedly. So we'll see if they finally do it. They've been talking about that tour since what, 2020, I think. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if it finally happens. Um, Bill Elam mentioning here in the chat, tooth and nail under lock and key and back for the attack was one of the best three album runs in the eighties. Yep. Oh. I agree, Bill. Yeah. I think yeah. all three albums are solid. I don't like that first album personally, breaking the chains outside of the title track. Uh, well, yeah, you kind of got to understand it's, it's one of those like, uh, well, Judas Priest's first album, you know, kind of the band was really kind of not the band yet. Right. And that was the case with talking. Ooh. There we go. We're welcoming Jeremy back. Jeremy. <laughs> hey. Good evening, Jeremy. Yeah, you look like you should be on a Hi. Queen album cover. <laughs> <laughs> Listening very, very intently to what you've been saying, guys. 
up to about 10 minutes ago and it was keep going <laughs> cool uh, you just came from a tribute show and and actually i had a question before that uh that i said man i wish jeremy was here because he could give us the 411 or the information as to uh, how this was like in the UK. So earlier today, it was announced that Nick Turner of Hawkwind had passed away. And what I mentioned was, you know, for a lot of us, Hawkwind was the band that Lemmy was in originally. So Hawkwind in the UK, were they a big band? How big of a deal were they? I mean, obviously they were around in the late sixties, uh, obviously weren't on the level of a Sabbath or Deep Purple or Led Zeppelin, but were they a known commodity at the time? Yeah, um, they kind of predate me in a way because I'm not old enough to remember any day. You know, you have to be you have to be in your sixties, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, they're a little bit before my time. But certainly, a very well known band. And um, Silver Machine was a massive gay. Uh, so yeah, yeah, they were they were very well known, and obviously were little people this week, which is not good. Um, you know, I'm thinking of Nazareth as well. It's happening all the time at the moment, but um, makes us think think about the the music and how good they were. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um... Last question. You've joined us at a critical point in time, Jeremy. So last question of the night. So there's a site out there called Metal Wani, and there are a few others that have followed what they've posted. So after the whole John 5 joining Motley Crue thing, they're rumoring that Vince Neil will be replaced in Motley Crue. And they're saying that the front runner to be Motley Crue's new lead singer is former Creed lead singer Scott Stapp. <laughs> That's got to be a joke. I mean, not that he can't sing, but I just can't imagine him singing Motley Crue songs. No. I don't know. Dan, you're shaking your head. Scott Stapp and Motley Crue. <laughs> You don't start, don't you shouldn't start rumors. That's not nice. Where'd you hear that from? You gonna give up your source on that? Yeah, yeah. Metal Wani, it's it's a site. Metalwani.com is reporting that Scott Staff is rumored to be the, the new lead singer in Motley Crew. No. They can't do that. You, it won't you, happen. You you don't want to hear Livewire being uh yurtled. <laughs> yurtled. You know? I don't understand how that would sound. Lerv. It doesn't make any sense. Lerve. Lerve. Something like that. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Johan, do, do you know who Scott Stapp of Creed is? Uh, <laughs> I, I take a chance. Does it sound like you know, uh, Eddie Vedder? Kind of, yes. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how did Creed? How did Creed never make it into Sweden? Uh, perhaps they did because uh, I don't know. I don't. They weren't my style of music back then. Uh, I rather see Good a fat, uh, 
fat and bad singing Vince Neil again this summer. <laughs> I guess if I if I will watch, I don't know, but it was so sad the last time at Sweden Rock, so I don't know. I'd rather watch uh, Def Leppard. Sorry. Billy well, that's, that says a lot right there, that statement. Billy Lim chiming in, chiming in. Stap can't do it. He'll be playing a street fair in Wilmington, Ohio next July. He will be making balloon animals afterwards as well. So you can shake his hand at a... Uh, a balloon dinosaur, and uh, be on your way. Jeremy Scott Stapp in, in Motley Crue. Motley Crue on their final tour. I've seen all four original members. I don't, I don't want to see Motley Crue as a member. Um, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. No. You, you know that if... If they replace another member, there's no way that Def Leppard doesn't headline every show. If it's just half of the original Motley Crue, then that means Def Leppard is open is closing every single show. Now they've only announced that it's yeah, the two they have three. They have three original members, so they they would win. <laughs> well, well, that's another thing I didn't think of. Def Leppard also has the yeah, the only has three originals as well. But, it, um, but in the UK, that's more than two in the UK. In the going to headline every show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, no doubt. And and that's that's the thing. All right, so let's let's uh, let's compare album sales here. Let's see if we can get that figure. F Leopard album hmm. sales. It's got to be more. I would think between Although Motley's probably done more albums. Maybe I don't know. All right, so it says that Def Leppard has sold more than 100 million albums worldwide, and I think Motley Crue is half of that. Let's see. It's saying 100 million as well, but, man, I, I have to think that Hysteria and Pyromania alone have outsold the majority of Motley Crue's catalog. I mean, I, I can't, and if we're going to be honest, High and Dry was a big seller as a result. On Through the Night, people went back and revisited that. I, I have to think that those albums sold more than, than Girls, 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 and Theater of Pain, and... Anything post-1990 Motley Crue. Let's see. Uh, Bill Elam is saying Def Leppard has 12 studio albums. Grown Up Rock are reviewing one every month this year. Look at that. So wow. the second plug of tonight's show. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let, let's, let's see if both Decibel Geek and Growing Up Rock are nice enough to plug my show at some point this month. Well, let's face it, Victor. You you have all the power here, so they're they're lucky to be mentioned here. I I have always felt that I have no problem spreading the wealth. Uh, it's a brotherhood here of podcasters, so I am more than happy to um to, to talk about who other people have on. 
And uh, I've never shied away from that and still feel that. Uh, I also want to say, I posted this on um, social media. I do need to thank both uh, Blabbermouth and Queensryche for allowing my show to be number 35 in the U.S. this week um, music charts. So uh, it's it's a ridiculous feat. And I also have to thank, uh, you know, John Freeman, who set me up with Michael Wilton, also set up the New Roses interview. And um, also the, uh, well, Dead City Ruin was Dustin, but there's there's still a lot of cool interviews coming your way in the next few weeks. We'll also continue to do these music discussions. Um, Every Friday and then next month, I want to wrap the year up the way that we did last year. So, Jeremy, we will be doing a new wave of British heavy metal episode in December. We will do a year end special as well. And uh, I have to think about uh, another topic that uh, that we'll talk about. So. um, So we'll we'll have to do another big uh, Patreon discussion so if anyone else wants to get involved you can do so for as little as two dollars a month you can uh interact with uh the fine gentlemen that are joining me here as well as uh everyone else that's uh in patreon some of them were in the chat tonight so um you guys have that if you want to give yourself an early christmas present you can do so for two dollars if you don't like it just bail afterwards but um, i'm confident that most people that that uh take part in the group will uh stay part of the group uh also uh before wrapping things up i do want to send a shout out to uh to my brother who um uh had an operation earlier this week i uh, hope that he recovers shortly and uh i'm not sure if he's watching or listening tonight but uh either way uh, we're, we're thinking of you. And, um, on that note, anyone have a, a final, any parting words, uh, Brad? Get well, Art. Metal Dan, any parting get, words? Get well, Art, and 1111, as you mentioned at the top of the hour. I'm looking forward to hearing the new Leather Wolf today. Awesome. Oh, me too. Yeah. Uh, Johan, any parting words? <laughs> no have a nice weekend everyone that's very important <laughs> absolutely jeremy any parting words yeah go out and see some live music because there you go awesome on that note folks i thank you all for watching live or uh the replay or if you're listening to the podcast either way like subscribe Tell your friends about us. Uh, Thanks to everyone who was in the chat tonight. Bill Elam, nice seeing you in here again. Uh, Antoni in Barcelona. We have Jose in Connecticut. We had this Jeremy character in the uh, chat as well for a while there. Glad to see him on camera. And we had uh, Chris Sinzak, who was also under the weather. Hope uh, you get over your bronchitis shortly as well. On that note, folks. We will uh, end the show now and we will see you Tuesday for Trivia Tuesday. And if not, we'll see you back next Friday right here. See you guys. 
subscribe to the show on all your favorite podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and more. Go to SignalsFromMars.com for more information. This concludes our show. 